0: Conformity with God's Will by St. Alphonsus de Ligori. Continuing Chapter 6 Spiritual Desolation Palladius, experiencing great disgust in prayer, went seeking advice from the abbot Macarius. The saintly abbot gave him this counsel. When you are tempted in times of dryness to give up praying because you seem to be wasting your time, say, since I cannot pray, I will be satisfied just to remain on watch here in my cell for the love of Jesus Christ. Devout soul, you do the same when you are tempted to give up prayer just because you seem to be getting nowhere. Say, I am going to stay here just to please God. St. Francis de Sales used to say that if we do nothing else but banish distractions and temptations in our prayers, the prayer is well made. Taller states that Persevering prayer in time of dark dryness will receive greater grace than prayer made amid great sensible consolation. Rodriguez cites the case of a person who persevered 40 years in prayer despite aridity and experienced great spiritual strength as a result of it. On occasion, when through aridity he would omit meditation, he felt spiritually weak and incapable of good deeds. St. Bonaventure and Gerson both say that persons who do not experience the recollection they would like to have in their meditations often serve God better than they would do if they did have it. The reason is that lack of recollection keeps them more diligent and humble. Otherwise, they would become puffed up with spiritual pride and grow tepid, vainly believing they had reached the summit of sanctity. What has been said of dryness holds true of temptations also. Certainly we should strive to avoid temptations, But if God wishes that we be tempted against faith, purity, or any other virtue, we should not give in to discouraging lamentations, but submit ourselves with resignation to God's holy will. St. Paul asked to be freed from temptations to impurity, and our Lord answered him, saying, My grace is sufficient for thee. So should we act when we find ourselves victims of unrelenting temptations and God seemingly deaf to our prayers. Let us then say, Lord, do with me, let happen to me what thou wilt. Thy grace is sufficient for me. Only never let me lose this grace. Consent to temptation, not temptation itself, can make us lose the grace of God. Temptation resisted keeps us humble, brings us greater merit, makes us have frequent recourse to God, thus preserving us from offending Him and unites us more closely to Him in the bonds of His holy love. Finally, we should be united to God's will in regard to the time and manner of our death. One day, St. Gertrude, while climbing up a small hill, lost her footing and fell into a ravine below. After her companions had come to her assistance, they asked her if, while falling, she had any fear of dying without the sacraments. I earnestly hope and desire to have the benefit of the sacraments when death is at hand. Still, to my way of thinking, the will of God is more important. I believe that the best disposition I could have to die a happy death would be to submit myself to whatever God would wish in my regard. For this reason, I desire whatever kind of death God will be pleased to send me. As regards the manner of our death, therefore, we should esteem that the best kind of death for us is that which God has designed for us. When, therefore, we think of our death, let our prayer be, O Lord, only let me save my soul, and I leave the manner of my death to Thee. We should likewise unite ourselves to God's will when the moment of death is near. What else is this earth but a prison where we suffer and where we are in constant danger of losing God. St. Teresa, when she would hear the striking of the clock, would find consolation in the thought that the passing of the hour was an hour less of the danger of losing God. St. John of Avila was convinced that every right-minded person should desire death on account of living in peril of losing divine grace. What can be more pleasant or desirable than by dying a good death to have the assurance of no longer being able to lose the grace of God. Perhaps you will answer that you have as yet done nothing to deserve this reward. If it were God's will that your life should end now, what would you be doing living on here against His will? Who knows, you might fall into sin and be lost. Even if you escaped mortal sin, you could not live free from all sin. A single venial sin is more displeasing to God then all the good works we can perform. Moreover, the person who has little desire for heaven shows he has little love for God. The true lover desires to be with his beloved. We cannot see God while we remain here on earth. Hence the saints have yearned for death so that they may go and behold their beloved Lord face to face. Oh, that I might die and behold thy beautiful face, sighed St. Augustine. When shall I come and appear before the face of God, exclaimed the psalmist. Lastly, we should unite ourselves to the will of God as regards our degree of grace and glory. True, we should esteem the things that make for the glory of God, but we should show the greatest esteem for those that concern the will of God. We should desire to love God more than the seraphs, but not to a degree higher Then God has destined for us. St. John of Avila says, I believe every saint has had the desire to be higher in grace than he actually was. However, despite this, their serenity of soul always remained unruffled. Their desire for a greater degree of grace sprang not from a consideration of their own good, but of God's. They were content with the degree of grace God had meted out for them, though actually God had given them less. They considered it a greater sign of true love of God to be content with what God had given them rather than to have desired more, to have received more. This means, as Rodriguez explains it, we should be diligent in striving to become perfect so that stupidity and laziness may not serve as excuses for some to say, God must help me, I can only do so much for myself. Nevertheless, when we do fall into some fault, We should not lose our peace of soul and union with the will of God, which permits our fall. Nor should we lose our courage. Let us rise at once from this fall, penitently humbling ourselves, and by seeking greater help from God, let us continue to march resolutely on the highway of the spiritual life. Likewise, we may well desire to be among the seraphs in heaven, not for our own glory, but for God's, and to love Him more. Still we should be resigned to His will and be content with that degree of glory which, in His mercy, He has set for us. It would be a serious defect to desire the gifts of supernatural prayer, specifically, ecstasies, visions, and revelations. The masters of the spiritual life say that souls thus favored by God should ask Him to take them away so that they may love Him out of pure faith, a way of greater security. Many have come to perfection without these supernatural gifts. The only virtues worthwhile are those that draw the soul to holiness of life, namely, the virtue of uniformity with God's holy will. If God does not wish to raise us to the heights of perfection and glory, let us unite ourselves in all things to His holy will, asking Him in His mercy to grant us our soul's salvation. If we act in this manner, the reward will not be slight which we shall receive from the hands of God, who loves above all others, souls resigned to his holy will. Chapter 7. Conclusion Finally, we should consider the events which are happening to us now, and which will happen to us in the future, as coming from the hands of God. Everything we do should be directed to this one end, to do the will of God, and to do it solely for the reason that God wills it. To walk more securely on this road, we must depend on the guidance of our superiors in external matters and on our directors in internal matters, to learn from them God's will in our regard, having great faith in the words of our Lord, He that heareth you, heareth me. Above all, Let us bend all our energies to serve God in the way he wishes. One who wastes his time in idle daydreaming says, If I were to become a hermit, I would become a saint. Or if I were to enter a monastery, I would practice penance. Or if I were to go away from here, leaving friends and companions, I would devote long hours to prayer. If, if, if. All these ifs. In the meantime, such a person goes from bad to worse. These idle fancies are often temptations of the devil because they are not in accord with God's will. Hence we should dismiss them summarily and rouse ourselves to serve God only in that way which He has marked out for us. Doing His holy will, we shall certainly become holy in those surroundings in which He has placed us. Let us will always and ever only what God wills, for so doing He will press us to His heart To this end, let us familiarize ourselves with certain texts of sacred scripture that invite us to unite ourselves constantly with the divine will. Lord, what wilt thou have me do? Tell me, my God, what thou wilt have me do, that I may will it also with all my heart. I am thine, save thou me. I am no longer my own, I am thine, O Lord. Do with me as thou wilt. If some particularly crushing misfortune comes upon us, for example, the death of a relative, loss of goods, let us say, Yea, Father, for so it hath seemed good in thy sight. Yes, my God and my Father, so be it, for such is thy good pleasure. Above all, let us cherish that prayer of our Lord, which he himself taught us. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Lord bade St. Catherine of Genoa to make a notable pause at these words whenever she said thee, Our Father, praying that God's holy will be fulfilled on earth with the same perfection with which the saints do it in heaven. Let this be our practice also, and we shall certainly become saints. May the divine will be loved and praised. May the Immaculate Virgin be also praised. That is the conclusion of Uniformity with God's Will by St. Alphonsus de Liguori, translated by Father Thomas Tobin and published by TAN Books. For more information, contact TAN Books, Post Office Box 424, Rockford, Illinois, 61105. This has been Christian Classics with Teresa Hofer. Listen every Monday through Friday at this time as Teresa continues her great readings and selections from classic Christian literature. Right here on the Ave Maria Radio Network, news and talk for Catholic and other Christians.